The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yay! Welcome to Ladies First Fridays. If some of you were concerned on Wednesday when you didn't see Women's Wednesday, we are here. And I'm joined <laughs> by the lovely Rita Hubbard, also known as the NFL Chick. She helped us kick the, kick off Women's Wednesday, so it was only right to bring her back to kick off Ladies First Fridays. Hey, Rita. Thank you for having me on the, the Friday edition of uh, Sister from Another Mister. <laughs> so we moved it just from Bob Day to Friday, yeah. basically. That's it. <laughs> That's basically it. And for the old heads, I hope y'all get the reference. Ladies First, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, First Fridays, yeah. except we will be here every week, not just once a month. So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it because there's a lot to discuss. Rita, the sons, the sons <sighs> went down last night. They got eliminated. They got eliminated from the NBA playoffs. And let's let's hear what Kevin Durant had to say after the game. Yeah, it sucked. It was a bad feeling. It was embarrassing. <clears throat> they came out and hit us in the mouth. We couldn't recover. Just didn't make shots. I, I mean, it was all on me, to be honest. Like like I said, I prepared. I feel like I prepared the right way. I, not, I, I took the shots that I want to take. Uh, I, sometimes I probably rushed, I rushed a lot of my looks, just playoffs, just trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's all, it all going to fall back on me. And, you know, so I watched film throughout the summer, watched, you know, different actions that I was in throughout the year and see how I can just keep improving. Well, Rita, it's nice to hear Kevin Durant taking accountability because Devin Booker, on the other hand, did not show up to uh, talk to the media after the loss. He left the arena. And I'm a little surprised by that, actually, from him. Uh, and also, like, I get it. Kevin Durant is the bigger name. But, like, this has been Book's team. You've been here. So for you to leave and to kind of leave Kevin Durant to like respond and and take on that load like it's on me it's on me well it's on both of you as leaders of the team but I just that didn't sit well with me that he did that and not only that Nat um this is a team that got blown out twice uh at the, at the at a game that was an elimination game 30 points at one point last year as well and obviously Kevin Durant wasn't there when it happened last year but Devin Booker was so this has happened two consecutive years in a row, and yet you have nothing to say about it when you've been involved in both big, huge blowout losses. So yeah. where is your accountability? Because KD just got there. And I'm not making excuses for KD. He clearly didn't make any excuses. And he said that anything that he would say would sound like an excuse, which, again, he continued to have accountability and own what happened. However, we're not going to act like KD had been there all season. They hadn't played together all season. So Devin Booker, in the absence of Chris Paul, should absolutely be the one that's speaking about what happened in that game. So for him to, to lead the way that he did, to me, is cowardice. 
I, I'm, I'm going to say it. It's cowardice. I mean, this is your team. We just talked to Vince not long ago on this program about how Devin Booker was ascending and how he was becoming a superstar. Well, with superstardom comes with accountability and you have to own it. And he didn't do that last night. And it's very disappointing to say the least. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant did talk about it being embarrassing and that halftime lead, you know, it just two years in a row in your own building, you're down 30 points. I mean, look at it right there last year. I mean, at least it was more than a 27, 57-57, 51-81. How are you giving up 81 points in a half? So, I mean, the score was basically ended there. Um, now last year they had home court and last year was a game seven in their own building, right? This year it was game six to try to force a game seven. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see if, um, you know, the coach Monty, if his um, job is going to be on the line because that's two really bad losses in back to back years. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's having to play Kevin Durant crazy minutes. He's having to play Booker crazy minutes. Uh, eight and goes down. Yeah, I mean, you look at this, you know, they were reporting last night. This is the fourth time in NBA history. A team facing elimination has trailed by 30 points or more at halftime. The Suns have now done it twice in yeah. back-to-back seasons. <laughs> you yep. know, so also only four times. They're two of the times. You know, and to me, like, if there's a fall guy, it's probably going to be Monty but it shouldn't be because he's only working with the roster that you guys have given him maybe last year you can blame that failure on him but Chris Paul's regular constant injuries right um and then you have Kevin Durant trading for him and giving up so much of your depth which really hurt which is why you had to play your guy so much minutes and also your defense not working and DeAndre Ayton going down you know I don't know they say they're going to be shopping Chris Paul um in the offseason there were rumors even before the trade happened that they were going to be shopping Chris Paul I don't know what the value is going to be for a (laughs) close to 40 year old point guard who cannot stay healthy in the postseason, you know, and then Nick Young, Swaggy P got in on the postgame reaction. Chris Paul will never win until he says sorry to all the corner dudes he did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Ignorance. There was a lot of commentary after that game. So I just, I don't know where the Suns go from here. They, I agree with you in terms of like maybe last year you have to give, you know, Monty was responsible uh, and a good part of that. But this year, I agree with you in terms of I don't this is how the roster is constructed. You you gave away a majority of your bench for Kevin Durant. And I understand that Kevin Durant is, you know, one going to be one of the top basketball players of all time when he retires. So I understand the logic, but you didn't really think this through because now you got rid of all your good players. So no one can come in and give them rest. On top of that, you're dealing with the fact that KD came in and had an injury. Uh, You're dealing with now Chris Paul dealing with an injury. You're dealing with Aiton, who even before the injury, Nat, he was struggling. He he wasn't really playing well. I think he played well the the previous game. But aside from that, he had been really inconsistent um, in this series. So I I don't know what you can do with that if you're Monty. You have to play your top two players, and they have to play majority of the game because nobody on the bench is going to save you. They they have no depth. 
So right. they have a lot of soul searching to do this off season. Chris Paul should be gone. Now I am with you. I don't know what the value, maybe some pot rocks, maybe some socks. <laughs> I don't know what a six pack. I mean, I, I just don't know what the value is going to be for a guy his age who has an injury history, but you got to figure it out. You got to come up with something and then correct me if I'm wrong. Aiton, uh, they, kept him and they matched deals and, you know, kept him on the roster. So I don't know what you do in that regard, but at the very least, you have to find a way to get some depth for the team or else they're going to continue to do this every year. They're going to run out of gas and they're going to be blown out by 30 points because they have nobody that can help them. Absolutely. Let, let's go back and look at those Katie stats that we just had up on the screen, because Katie, known as a sniper, he's known to be hyper efficient. Right. And so you look at him in the years past. Right. And the scoring output is the same around 29, 28, 29 points. Right. But then you start to look at like the efficiency this year from three. Right. In this round, 22 percent from three. Right? Like that means from okay. round one to round two, look at the drop off. That's him being tired. Yep. Right? That's, that's, that's legs. That's all these minutes wearing on him and the load he's having to carry. And so, you know, it's really important that they get some depth. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. And you have to wonder after these two failures the last couple of seasons, how attractive is this team going to still look? Right? To, free agents, you know, like, I think it's safe to say, and I, I, Kevin Durant is still obviously a top elite talent, but he also may be a little bit on the decline now. And so he also struggles to stay healthy throughout the regular season. So it's just a precarious situation that they're in. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but it's going to be a fascinating off season, off season for the Suns for sure. First of all, you said some really nice things about Kevin Durant, and I'm going to make a video of this, and I'm going to send this to his Twitter so he can unblock you, because you said some really nice things, and you defended him there, and I just want him to know that you didn't say all bad things about him, so I just want you to know that I'm going to vouch for your unblocking on Twitter very soon. Uh, secondly, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, but also, I, I think that you still consider them to be attractive because of Kevin Durant, because of Devin Booker and the way that he has played. I, I know last night, I feel like it was an anomaly. I, I just feel like that this is a team that is extremely tired and there's two guys that are just really tired of carrying the weight of everybody else. But I think that in that regard, if you look at those two guys and you feel like, okay, I can play with the system that they're playing in, I don't think that it's out of the realm that someone would be interested in it. Now, obviously the West is more saturated, I believe, than what the East is because now you got the uh, emergence of Sacramento. We have to see if they're going to repeat. And then obviously you got the Warriors, you know, the previous champions, the Lakers have played well, and obviously Denver. Um, but so that regard, you might feel like it's a harder place to play in terms of getting to the finals potentially. But I think that those two guys are still attractive enough where they'll get some looks, but they need to figure it out because what they're, what they have now is essentially not going to work moving forward. And I don't know if that even means, you know, Aiden, as far as that's concerned, even though I don't think that they, there's anything they can really do about that, but at the very least, you need to find some depth because I am tired of seeing 30 point blowouts. 
I would like to see some competitive basketball in the playoffs. Leave that 30-point stuff for the regular season. I don't want to see that. I want to see competitive basketball when it's playoff time, and that is not playoff-worthy as far as I'm concerned. For sure, for sure. Well, listen, I would be remiss not to give the Nuggets some love. You know, we're talking about all the things the Suns need to do, but Jokic and Jamal Murray came out last night, and they showed out, and they did what they had to do, you know? Um, Like, dominant performance from Jokic, again, throughout, you know, two-time MVP, you expect that. And, you know, Jamal Murray showed up and helped him. And on the road, too, because sometimes a lot of Jamal Murray's, like, really good performances tend to be at home, but they were on the road. They didn't let this get to a game seven. You know, they they made it really difficult on KD last night. Booker didn't have, like, one of his, like, scoring outputs like he normally does. And, you know, they handled business. They did what they had to do. So, you know, now they're on to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I would just say this, though. You know, I see a lot of, like, Loading on the time, like that's why he should have been MVP, and 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 y'all are questioning <laughs> him, and and then all of this stuff, and like first of all, let's just remind ourselves that like Joel Embiid is playing hurt, so like I don't think we need to keep. He's not going to look like the regular version of himself, but you right. know. And 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 even if he has like moments, that's how it is with injury when you're not fully recovered. Like you have some moments you can like really show up and others can. And that's just unfortunate. And that's also one of the knocks against Joel Embiid. Right. But the other thing is that the Nuggets have played the Timberwolves with all due respect <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a Suns team. That doesn't have much depth, even though they have yeah. two really great stars. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant was even paying, you know, a lot of respect to Jokic last night. I've always had respect. Will go down as one of the all-time great centers to ever touch a basketball. So all of that's true, and he deserves all of his flowers. But still, people, like, this is what a number one seed is supposed to do. And they Thank are you. supposed to beat up on the teams that are inferior to them. The Wolves yep. were not mighty competition. And the reason I think why people are having this reaction to the Suns is because many, not me, many overrated the Suns. They were like, oh, they're the, they're going to come out the West and they're this great team. So now when they people see them losing the way that they did, it's like, oh yeah, now we, we got to put some respect on Jokic's name and you should put respect on his name regardless. But it's not because these teams were like that worthy in my opinion like obviously if you're going up against Kevin Durant and the the run that Booker was on it's huge but like I I, this is the ending I foresaw so this is not shocking to me yeah I actually saw I thought that they were going to get swept I'm not going to even lie to you and I understand (laughs) that's that's saying a lot because they still do have Kevin Durant they still do have Kevin Booker I understand I, I completely understand I oversold it that being said everything that we talked about in terms of depth in terms of injury was what my concern was so I, I really am surprised that it went two more games but let me ask you this though now because I truly believe um I, I had said this before and maybe I need to take this back a little bit I do think that um, the Warriors Lakers winner potentially is the finals uh, participant. But am I just underselling Denver here, or is this their year? Do you think that they could potentially get over the hump and finally make an NBA finals appearance with Yoki? So, listen, um, you know if the Warriors make it. If the Warriors make it out, I'm never picking against the Warriors. Well, we, we get that, right? So I think, I think, 
I don't think if the Lakers advance that they can beat the Nuggets, but it's it's more about the fact that the Nuggets, they 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 finished this series now last night. The game next game one wouldn't be until Tuesday. So they're getting a lot of rest. A rest, yeah. They have home court advantage. The altitude is always an adjustment. Very and the Lakers, like, they already look gassed at the end of these games with the Warriors. So I just don't know. Like, it, it would depend on how those games are. Like, if there's going to be two nights off or something that would allow the Lakers to recover. But, and, and and by the way, the Warriors have old guys too. So, and they've been playing every other night since, like, the King series, the ending of it. So it's definitely wearing for it. I think that accounts for why you're seeing less efficient shooting from Stephen Curry and and Clay Thompson. But at the end of the day, um, I think that the Warriors are a little bit more equipped to deal with that just because of the way like Steph and Clay run around on the court and they're a little bit more used to playing fast all the time and all of that where the Lakers, they need those like days off. We saw throughout the regular season, you get better performances from LeBron. You get better performances from Anthony Davis when they have time to fully recover. And so I think the edge would be to 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 the Nuggets, but only for that reason. I do think either the Nuggets, I, I do think either the Lakers or the Warriors can really challenge the Nuggets. I think those series would be much more compelling and more likely to go, you know, the distance than the other teams they've faced so far, which is what the benefit of being a number one seed gets you. Absolutely, for sure. And, and obviously the Lakers have one of the, the, the top defenses in the NBA, so they they do have that in their favor. But ultimately, I do think that you do have older players, some guys that need some rest. We've seen some inconsistencies um, through them. But but with that, they do have a really solid bench that can come out and get some, some points, which is very important. Obviously, Suns don't know anything about that. When that's why they're about to go to Cancun next week. So, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, you know, I, I am curious about who could potentially be the best contender for the finals. And I'm just curious to know if this goes seven, Warriors Lakers, are you going to come out? Whoever the winner is going to be exhausted. And you already mentioned, look, Denver is about to get all of this rest. You know, are they, it, does that benefit them any, as opposed to whoever the winner is going to be if they find a way to go, you know, seven games? Yeah, I mean, it'll, like, look, we got to get past game six tonight. So, you know, That's for very me, true. Yeah. it's like one game at a time right now. Absolutely, you know, for this, sure. This, this, this series with the Warriors, you know, I mean, we have two elimination games tonight and 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 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the heat a little bit more later, but for the Warriors, um, you know, they forced the game. They forced the game six. They're going back to the Lakers. And, like, look, there's some streaks on the line because the Warriors have a history of winning at least one road game in every series that they – every playoff series that they've had going back to 2013, Rita. Okay? okay. So there's that streak. There's also the streak under Steve Kerr of them never losing a, a, a game in the West playoffs. They always advance and at least get to the finals. Yeah. Okay. 
LeBron has some streaks too. He's never lost when he's had a 2-0 lead in the series, whether that be 2-0 and then the other team wins or if he goes up 3-1 and we see the numbers here. Like if he has a 2-0 lead, 32-0. When he's 3-1, when he when he goes up 3-1, 17-0, right? So a streak is going to get broken at some point. I was going to say, somebody's feelings are going to get hurt one way or the other. Yeah, you know, and if, if they even get to a game seven, if they can force the game seven after tonight, you know, LeBron has won his last six playoff game sevens. And that's going back to like, I want to say 2000 and I don't know, nine, I might be making up things, but it's a, it goes back a while. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think the Warriors are going to push it to a game seven, but uh, because the other games have been close. The other games have been close. You know, here it says, like, the Lakers must change to close out the Warriors, and I agree. You know, um, and so I don't know what their answer is going to be to that, but it's just a few things here and there at the end of the game that if it goes a little bit differently. So if it's a close game, the Warriors have to obviously hope that they, they get what they needed, but they're due a game six play or just a clay game. I don't want to call it game six because everyone gets caught up in that, but they are due a clay game. You know, Wiggins, he's questionable because yeah. he had an injury, but um, he was really good for them last game. He is planning to play. I saw a report that he participated in shoot around. So we'll see, but I, I do think they can force a game seven. I'm not saying that they're going to win the series, but I do think... If they really focus, I do think they can go in there and force a game seven. You like the odds, basically. And, I, and, I, and look, I get it. It's understandable. You like the odds. And, and yeah. ultimately, too, you know, Anthony Davis, although he is going to play, I mean, we have to make we have to see how that's going to be because he suffered a head injury in the last game. And so you never know how that's going to play out. So that'll be interesting as well. But yeah, that this is the this is the creme de la creme tonight. Look, we are a city. There's like other games that need to be played, clearly, right? There's other game seven. There's other, <laughs> and here we are worried about who is going to win Warriors-Lakers because that is literally the game that everybody is uh, going up for. Everybody's excited for, myself included. So um, this should be fun to see. Well, stressful for you, so take your heart medicine. Um, but fun for me because I don't have a dog in this fight and I just want a good... As long as I don't see what I saw last night, I'm good. Either way, as long as I don't yeah. see what I saw <laughs> I mean, listen, there's been a lot of like back and forth between the two teams these last couple of games, you know, like about fouls and like the oh, Lakers. Yeah. They didn't like that the war the Warriors apparently submitted a report to the league, like with plays, like breaking down all the flopping the Lakers have been doing. And so all this LeBron, I don't flop, the coaches yeah. calling each other out. So there's been a lot of back and forth. So we can say at this point, it's gotten sort of testy between the yeah, two teams. Yeah, I love it. So I love it. I love it. It's going to be chippy. They yeah. all know which streaks are on the line. I'm sure the Warriors would love the irony of coming back and and completing a, a comeback from down, you know, being down one to three. So it's going to be great, Rita. And I can't wait to check it out. But we have company waiting. So let's get to our company um, yeah, right now I'm fine, but who knows what my heart will be like later. <laughs> Get some rest, friend. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I don't have to tell you that it was a struggle through the first three quarters. With 16 points in that fourth quarter, how do you describe the confidence you had to trust yourself down the stretch? I'm one of, humbly, one of the best basketball players in the world, you know, go through struggles, go through slumps. It's a long game. And, you know, thankful I got some great teammates that held it down. Brogdon, JB, Smart, Al. And they all trust me, right? They tell me, keep taking great looks. It's going to fall. Keep impacting the game in other ways. And all that mattered was we won this game, right? Give ourselves another chance, come back home, you know, for game seven. I'm hoping that it's going to be loud and it's going to be rocking, you know. Um, Celtics fans, they, 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 y'all love to call us out, right? Um, so uh, I'm gonna call you guys out um, this time. Like energy in the garden has been okay at best, all playoffs. Game seven, I expect, if you're there, or if you're not there, if you're in your home, if you're watching at a bar, if you're watching down the street at a friend's house, I don't care. I need you to be up. I need you to come with the energy because we gonna need every bit of it. Um, no excuses. We need everybody. So I'm calling you guys out. Let's make sure the garden is ready to go. We stopped moving the ball. And uh, I think, I don't think I touched the ball the last four minutes of the game. Um, you know, I, like I said, missed a lot of good, good looks. Um, I didn't touch the ball at all. Woo! I don't know if shade is being thrown there, but welcome. Welcome to the show. Chris Barnett from Hoop Spaces on Amp. So happy to have you back, my friends. Um, what's up with your squad? And what's up with uh, Joel MV? Was he throwing shade? Like, what was um, that? Shout out to Joel MV. Like, I, I I love him. If if you didn't get the ball in the last four minutes, my man, you are Joel Embiid. You are the MVP. This is me telling you as a Sixers fan, go get the ball. It's not, it's not that hard. You're seven foot. Like, we are behind you. You are our savior in the terms of Sixers fans, so let's let's do it. But the shade, I don't think, is, is really going to dock. It's actually going to the contributors, right? Like, if you look at what happened, the, the three main people, they went five for 28. 
James Harden, Tobias Harris, and DeAnthony Melton, you're not going to win. And, and it, you saw that. If you cannot hit 33% minimum from distance against a guard-heavy perimeter defensive team like the Celtics, you, you've got to pack Joel in. And, and they just simply didn't. Uh, and, and like the last thing, the first, the first set of wins that the Sixers had, they shot well. They shot the lights out, 44% from deep, 38 and 40. Then we hit 20, 43, and 23. And, and what it is is both Embiid and Harden aren't healthy. We, we all know this. And it's, it's attrition. So I think what happens now is we go into Boston, and Embiid's going to get focused. And that's why Boston actually changed and put Allen Robwell in, in game six, and it worked for them. Kudos. Shout out to Jason Tatum, too. Amazing fourth quarter performance. You know, my hat to you. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, man. Jason Tatum came out. Jason Tatum came out, and and I, I called that his best Undertaker performance. If you're a WWE fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where he lays dead and then automatically comes out the coffin out of the blue and starts just <laughs> wrestling everybody down to the ground. And so, you know, how... What worked in the first three quarters that didn't work in the fourth quarter defensively for Philly, you think? Um, to boot, it's actually Marcus Smart. And and it's, it's kind of hard to understand this because we don't think of Marcus Smart as like an offensive dynamo player. Uh, but he, he really actually carried Boston. And what ended up happening is one of the adjustments Doc did was to have to actually get more of a team defense collapse it and, and respond to Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon. And then halfway through the third quarter, you started seeing Jason Tatum start to get loose. And he started to realize, hey, I can actually get more aggressive. And he started to get more aggressive. And then instead of settling for a 19-footer when he would go in and usually get fouled, uh, he went in, right? He still missed the layups. But that's cool because the mindset changed. And then that's when you saw him, like, nail three after three. And in fact, in the fourth quarter, it's the very first sequence that gets him going where he hits that back-to-back three. Like, literally, I'm in my, in my living room. I'm saying, that's game. There's there's no way the Sixers are going to come back because if you look, like, we just couldn't hit any shots. And Jason Tatum realized it was his game. Um, and, and again, that's why you pay these players. And when he gets into his post game, when he says, humbly, <laughs> I'm one of the greatest players on earth, he's not lying. Like, where is no, the lie? So, like, sometimes great players, they struggle. But they shoot themselves through it, just like Kobe, uh, just like James Harden in game one, just like Steph, just like game six Clay, who may come out tonight, right? It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I love that Jason Tatum said that because you don't usually hear him talk like that. So I love to hear it. Um I also love to hear Mark Jones talking about they smoking on that Philadelphia. <laughs> I yeah, I'm believe. sure you loved it. Like, no, I mean, you great. know what? You know what's so funny is that I find myself in a very weird situation where I was a little happy for like James Harden having like success and the games that he did. I don't want him to beat the Celtics, but I like it wasn't that. Venom I had for him when he was an opponent of the Warriors. Uh, And so I was, you know, he didn't beat the allegations, though, last night, Chris. He did not beat the allegations. So it was a a closeout game. They didn't close out. They still have one more opportunity. But James Harden is going to have to show up, you know, and, and, and help his star. 
but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy for Jason Tatum and the Celtics and and just you know, I I love Jalen Brown calling out the fans. He has this thing with the, with the fans there, but that's right. Show up, show up, yep. and 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 give your team energy. So I am so looking forward to that game seven it's gonna be amazing but just love what i saw on the court from 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 them because we thought it was over reese and i were on the phone and we were like it doesn't feel like the celtics are gonna win this game and then it didn't and then it it just changed like it it was literally a flip of the switch right it literally went from i don't know if they're gonna win this to okay it's over it's over now and it it was like a minute and something left you know It, 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 it kind of, no, it kind of built like if 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 you watch the Sixers a lot, um, and 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 if we win the first quarter, we're good. But the issue is we didn't, and we had to struggle to fight back. And if you actually follow the flow of the game, by the time we took the lead, that was our third surge. Like they just they just gaffed themselves out, and once they realized that they couldn't actually rotate on defense normally, and, and like PJ Tucker was basically. Uh, a shell. Uh, they they just Jason Tatum abused them, and and it was good. One point on Jalen Brown though, like this is my problem with Joe Mazzulla, uh, the head coach. He's got to work Jalen Brown in. Jalen Brown is a really good basketball player. We can't just have him only get an X amount of shots and then disappear. That game would have been a blowout if, if Mazzulla worked him in better. Well, speaking of coaching, uh, Doc Rivers. Um, <laughs> you have a running thing going on Twitter where you tweet, Doc Rivers is a great coach. And we had the great <laughs> Kevin Harlan on yesterday who said, this may be the best coaching job that Doc Rivers is doing. And then last night happened. So what is your expectation for this coach that you've been tweeting about um, that, you know, um, is a great coach? Because he also is not beating the allegations. <laughs> and real quick, real yeah. quick, the streets are saying, real quick, the streets are saying that he's living off of 09. That's what they're saying out here. <laughs> that, he living on, that he's living on name only and what he did over a decade I, ago. <laughs> I, 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 I feel you. Um, like, it's a, it's a complicated answer. Let me give it to you the, the quickest way possible. He's been coaching for two decades. Uh, he has one losing season that he didn't coach, you know, more than 11 games because he was fired in Orlando when he won one for 10. Like, you don't, you're not good if you, you know, if you don't make that, right? 20 years, 60% winning percentage, fourth most playoff wins all time. Uh, my issue is I don't necessarily agree with his coaching philosophy, right? I don't believe in the trust your players 110%, and that's the change. Like, that's why we've done better this postseason. And I think what happened last night is he started to slip in to like, hey, James Harden's trying to get it going. Let me go ahead and let's see if we can't get him going. Let's sacrifice the motion of the offense because if he does get going in the third quarter, you know, at the end of the third quarter and carries us into the fourth, that's a win. And then it didn't happen. And then you see the 76ers just plateaued and, and Boston outscored them and then just ran away with the game. Um, so in order to beat it, you're going to have to get Embiid involved. If Embiid's complaining about not getting the ball, you got to get the ball, big fella. It's your game. Yeah. That's it. So which coach has more pressure? Because, I mean, there's Doc Rivers. There's allegations out about him. Joe Mazzullo has been Mazzullo has been criticized plenty during this series. So just tell me quickly, who has uh, more pressure? Uh, I'm. It, it's going to sound like a cop-out, but... Um, it's, it's neither one. It, I actually think it's Sam Cassell. 
uh, I think if the Sixers advance, uh, we're likely to see him uh, extend from the assistant coach to head coach. But if you had to choose one, it's Joe Mazzulla. Uh, you're in game seven on your home floor. You, you've been beat there now by the 76ers. Let that happen on a game seven, right? They they loved Ime. Like, they, the, half the fans didn't want to get rid of him. If you, if you collapse on game seven at the Garden in Boston, you're gone. Like, it doesn't matter if you come back, you win 55 games. Every Celtics fan is going to say, you dropped the ball, and, and you don't want that. Not on your first rodeo. Well, I'm going to tell you who else has pressure. It is the current MVP because, well, not the current, but the new MVP. Uh, I guess he is current, however you look at it. Joel Embiid, uh, he got the MVP now. And so expectations get different. And people are looking at this and they're saying he needs to make a Western, Com- I mean, an Eastern Conference final. So let's see what he does. But woo, we have a lot going into this game. Can Harden beat the allegations? Can Doc beat the allegations? The the coaching battle? And can Embiid finally get to a conference finals? Because they will hang this over his head with respect to that Jokic uh, Embiid comparison. All right, but there is a game tonight, another game in the East. And that is... Uh, is it really? <laughs> wait, 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 I'm so ready to talk some WNBA tonight. Like, the WNBA preseason has been fired. Definitely. Like, I'm here for it. I mean, do we, do, do we really think that the Knicks are going to come out of this? Do we, guys? I don't think You so. know what? There's a possibility, but it, it requires Julius Randle to, to be fully engaged, Jalen Brunson to dominate, and it requires the Miami Heat not to hit shots at home. And I don't see that happening. I see Miami winning easily. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, it's, it's if the, the Heat just show up and play like the way they have at home, they should win this game. I just don't think the Knicks have enough, but credit to them for pushing it to a game six. But I do think that series ends tonight. If they end up forcing a game seven and going back to MSG, I would be looking at Jimmy very sideways. I really would. So <laughs> that's where I stand on that. Yeah, um, no, I, I, you're right, though. I mean, obviously, he's played extremely well, like, this entire playoffs, but it, it really feels like it does fall on his shoulders tonight for them to close this out at home, right? Like, it just, I don't know how, it, if you let it go past tonight, then I just don't see how you, obviously, there's obviously game seven if they lose, but tonight is the night, right? Like, that's how I feel. Tonight, it's tonight or nothing. All in, I, I, It's all or nothing tonight. Exactly. All right. One other thing I want to hit with you, Chris. Uh, All NBA, uh, the teams came out a few days ago. And I think one of the biggest stories coming out of that was that John Morant did not make an All NBA team and that had contract implications, right? So um, John Morant lost out on what was it, like $39 million? Uh, because of not, if you call it a snub, and it it is a snub from the standpoint of you can't really look at the other people who made it and say, like, he doesn't belong on the All-NBA team. But in this case, it's clear that the media, the voters, held what his off-court activity and all the stuff that he got into against him. And I don't know that they should be taking that into account you know, when you're considering all NBA teams. So what do you think about that? 
let, let me let me ask you it in this way um what is leadership in an organization in a franchise in the nba and you come down to the fact that it, it's a trika right you got your gm or president player operations you have your coach and then you have your main superstar right if if you can't have your main superstar locked in and be a leader because something off the court happened that impacts the actual on-court production so is it a easy way to say well let's not get him in here because he did something that we don't agree with sure but it can also be a legitimate argument saying hey what you did here was that immature that it affected the product on the floor and and that is the penalty and like to be honest even if he didn't do it he probably not is he's not getting in anyway like Trey Young is 30 and 10, providing the same stats, if not more, than John no. Moran. Or how about this? Anthony let's Edwards didn't that. make it. No, let's let's not oh. do that. <laughs> the, the, the Grizzlies, and y'all know I'm not even a job fan. The Grizzlies were the number two seed. They were the number two seed in the West. There is no argument that um Trey Young or Ant Edwards, who all weighed down in the standings, have any any argument over him and honestly to be candid the idea that even the people who did make first team Luca who did not even see the play-in game much more the playoffs or that um SGA that Shea made first team like I think we're moving away from NBA and like winning mattering like these these guys on losing teams or that you're not seeing right now in the postseason being first team that's concerning to me and like I get that like someone like Steph Curry they penalized him for games played but in terms of win percentage of when he was on the court he has a higher win percentage than than Luca you know than Luca did in the games he played in so I think it's really nasty that that those two were first team. I think that they should have been on it, but you put them in it like a third team, like the way Dame is. Like you don't put like those players over a Steph, over a Donovan Mitchell, over a John Morant, over players who are winning and their teams are higher in the standings, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And there's yeah, a number kinda, of players I, too. I, I'm sorry. There's, I, there's I, a I number of players. Second. Go ahead. I, I, I no, agree. I, I had SGA on second team. Like, I, I agree. The, the Luca part, uh, the production just puts him there. He, he just outproduced literally everybody, not named Nikola Jokic and Jason Tatum this season. Uh, it you, does you, not. you just can't deny it. No, he should be second team, but he should not be first team. His production fell off the second half of the year. They went on that losing streak. And normally the, the voters are very, what have you done for me lately? But they didn't do that, like the way they do with everyone else. When you fall off at the end of the season, it usually dings you, and it didn't. But I mean, there's just, to me, no justification for him being first team, but he should have been on an all NBA team. So we won't agree on this one, but there's gonna be a lot of changes next year. And a lot of the players who made it this year wouldn't even make it based on their games played, right? Yep. So it should be interesting to see, but we won't see things that are offensive anymore, like Jokic on second team because of position. So that is a good change. That is a good change, but look at this. Jimmy, Giannis, Dame, Steph, LeBron, none would be on an all-NBA team this year based on that 65 games played threshold. So it's, I don't it's know. It's a good it's a good legislative way to end, you know, the idea of resting your stars, right? Like, that's really all it is about when the new CBA comes out is, is the load management aspect. 
You want 65 games on your star so they can play 75% of the games and get the gate in here. I've got zero as a paying fan. I got zero problems with it. Uh, I, if I'm going to go spend $300 and take my son to a Pacers game, like I better see LeBron James play. Like that's in my mentality. That's what I'm paying for. And even right. if I love the game of basketball, which I do, and I'll still go if I can afford it, if he's not playing, like that changes the entire experience as a fan. Um, so the idea of getting in 65 games, although a lot of players might kind of grumble about it, like you're getting kind of catered to in the aspect that you don't practice all the time, yet you say you want to practice all the time. You don't have the same travel issues that players before your generation had. If you walk into the training facility, it's literally like going into a walking mall with a great gym, trainers, massage and treatment and, and everything. So give us 65 games as a fan and we will never not back you. We might be mad at you, but come on. No, I, I still don't agree with the 60-game threshold, to be candid. I don't. I think 65 is a little bit high, you know? I think that because you have players missing it by, like, two or three games, like 62, 61 games, and a lot of these players are not missing because of load management. They're, they're missing it because of legit injuries. Like, that's why they're missing games, right? So it's one thing when you're Kawhi Leonard and you're just missing games. It's another thing when you're missing it for an injury, and it's also another thing because we use these awards for legacy discussions and for rating and ranking players. And so you're not going to get an award when you were clearly the better and had the, the best player and had the better season. So I think they're going to have to tweak that number at some point. But Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Loves having you. You got to come back and chop it up with us. Anytime. I love it that you guys are here on Friday. You get a great audience and, and I'm, I'm happy to be here anytime. Thank you. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. My goal at The Athletic, remain comfortable covering uncomfortable topics. That is the great Jim Trotter. Jim, welcome back to the first Ladies First Friday edition of Brother From Another. You've always joined us on Women's Wednesday. You're one of our staples, so we wanted to have you back for this. And also, you've been on the show 
um, since uh, you're, you you left NFL media, but uh, you haven't you hadn't started your new job yet. So we knew you were going to the athletic. There was an announcement, but this is the first time you're joining us since you've been back. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing? Um, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, I love being with you ladies. Um, I'm going to be doing a little of everything. I'm a national columnist for The Athletic, which I'm excited about because it gives me an opportunity to touch on whatever subject I want to. So there'll be a heavy dose of NFL because obviously that's where my expertise is. But if I want to weigh in on the NBA, if I want to weigh in on um, Major League Baseball or hockey or whatever it may be, whatever topic it may be, uh, I'm able to do that. I'm excited about that from the standpoint that um, you know me, Nat. I like to get into issues and to go places where others might not really want to go. Or there are things we talk about in private that maybe we don't talk about in public. Well, now we can start to shed a light on some of these things and give a voice to those whose voices aren't being heard. So I'm excited about it. Cool. And this I'm is your latest. I'm, I'm sorry. excited for you as well um, because there's a lot of topics that happen in the NFL that are very uncomfortable and that need to be said. And so we need voices like you to continue. I see your hat, though. I feel like you're going to be having some basketball <laughs> tapes as well, though, uh, because I see you got your, your rooting interest on your head that I didn't see prior to us coming back. So we know where you're going with that one. But, well, you yeah. know what? Look, when you're gonna be on with Nat, you gotta represent, right? Very and true. She knows how she she knows how much I love the Warriors. Look, I grew up in the Bay Area. I was born in San Francisco, and and was attending Warriors games up in the Nosebleeds section for five dollars way back in my youth. As Nat knows, the jersey behind me, my room here, my office here is filled with NFL jerseys of players that I've covered and respect, Hall of Famers, all of that. But the only basketball jersey, non-NFL jersey, is that one behind me, and that's Steph Curry. That's um, right. So, yeah, I got I got great love for the Warriors. I'm not going to hide that, and that's part of the reason I probably won't write about them much is for that reason. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I can be completely objective about them. <laughs> well, and, look, and, we are... and I should say we have two great Warriors writers up in the, in the Bay Area, and Marcus Thompson and Tim Kawakami, so... There's really not much for me to, as well as, you know, Slater, there's really not much for me to weigh in on. Well, I'm sure you will find things if it if it's suitable, but we look forward to reading all you're going to be writing, including your latest on Deion Sanders and HBCUs and those players being drafted. But there is some other NFL news and, you know, it's the big thing. It was like a whole production, but it is the NFL <laughs> That's what to me. It's like it was a production, you know. So um, the NFL schedule has been released. I thought one of the greatest um, examples of like um, one of the teams is the Titans and what they did. So let's let's take a look at the Titans and how they announced their schedule. St. Louis Rams. Oh. Lionel oh. McQueen. No. Oh, that's just the football logo. The Boston Bobcats. No idea. No idea. My favorite one was Lightning McQueen. Uh, you know, like yeah. I don't even like yeah. I don't even know what a Lightning McQueen is. Um, and also I don't know. 
that a stallion looks like a bird, but that lady said that it did. And I love how the folks <laughs> changed their name as a result. Uh, this is my favorite time of year, Jim, when we get to see everybody doing their schedule releases. The Chargers had a good one as well. The Bears had a creative one. So, you know, even though I hate the production of it all, like I just really want the schedule. I loved how right. everybody got creative about how, how they did their schedule releases. Yeah, yeah you know, that's what the NFL Go okay. ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, I really liked um, here, like what the Chargers did, and I know they had the anime video, but it was the one, Jim, you were talking to me about it with the uh, the the Pop-Tarts. Like, I was just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't know who runs the Chargers social media account. Um, I'm starting to think maybe I need to do a column on this person. Yes, because they please. kill it every year. Yes. They kill it every year with, yes. with what they do. Yeah, you know, um, the creativity is 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 incredible. So um, I, I was going to make a snide remark, like maybe we ought to make that person the offensive coordinator or the play caller, but but <laughs> we're not we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Anyway, no, they do a great job with it, and and to me, this speaks to the level of interest in the NFL now, where um, everything, including a schedule release, can now become a major production, and people are waiting. You know. Um, to see now who is going to present it the best in terms of their social media teams and whatnot. It's become a thing now. So I enjoy it because otherwise I understand the importance of the release because people want to be able to book their plans, their travel plans for games and whatnot because we've known the opponents forever now. Um, so I get that importance, but now they've turned it into this major production and the NFL, I guarantee you, is going to monetize this in some sort of way where they will continue to make more and more money off of something that used to be um, almost just something that was presented in passing. Yep. It was Marita, what's your happened. favorite part? It happened, and also too, guys, it happened, it used to be before the draft, the week before the draft. Now they've moved it to make it basically like in its own entity. So you already know the NFL has monetized this to make this a big deal already. No what's question. your favorite part about the release, Rita? Um, like Jim said, you know, in the past, that this was the day that I would try to look at my schedule and see if I could pick my games. And so this year I hated pretty much all the games that I wanted to go see. So this was not fun for me. And I wish that I just <laughs> could have gotten the schedule earlier. So then I could have just, you know, dealt with what I can't do and where I can't go. But uh, that my favorite part literally is like watching all of the teams release their videos because it's it's extremely well done. And Jim, please find out who this Chargers person is. We need to know who they are because they are very good at what they do. I love it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm I'm serious. I, I I think you're right. I think I am gonna have to look at that. I'll make that call after we get off the air. Please. <laughs> We know you're connected, Jim. So get 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 us the scoop. Um, I am just most looking forward to uh, seeing my Eagles uh, match up again with the Chiefs. So that was my favorite thing. Like, just what date is that? Circling it off my calendar. I know it's not an actual rematch. I know nothing tops the Super Bowl again, but that's what I want to see. Well, as a as a Bay Area native, I'm looking forward to the 49ers seeing the Eagles again. But 
You know, the thing that's interesting to me about the schedule now is is how the NFL tries to appease all of its its broadcast partners now because everybody wants the good games. And yeah. so now we're seeing these changes now where it used to be that, you know, NFC games were exclusively limited to Fox and now and, and AFC games to CBS in terms of home games and whatnot. Now we're seeing that that that's not necessarily the case, even though th those networks maintain a majority of those conference games. Um, but the other thing that's interesting to me, which I didn't even know, of the top four regular season games last season, excluding Thanksgiving, the Dallas Cowboys were involved in every one of them. So as much as we make fun of the Cowboys and talk about why do they get so much press and, you know, we continue to focus on a team that nobody cares about, the ratings tell us something different. The ratings say they draw people in. So from my standpoint, um, that was kind of interesting to me as well as Aaron Rodgers getting the first Monday night game for the New York Jets. Cool. Well, Jim, who you got tonight for the Warriors game? Come on, Matt. All right. Yeah, there you, you have ask. it. Warriors win tonight. Thank you, Jim. Everyone have a great weekend. <laughs> we already knew that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.